You know, we are truly blessed each week for three groups that are not with us in person, but God is doing incredible things where they're at. The first one, I want to make, just make sure we give a nice welcome to our uh, Creston campus. Can we say hi, Creston? Yeah. Creston, we love you guys. And the next one is St. Greg's, and then everyone that's on are watching online today. It's an incredible opportunity that we have to be able to reach the gospel outside these doors into areas in our community. It's awesome. You know, I've, I've titled the message today, Stepping Out with Courage to Our Destination. We'll be looking at Joshua 1 as we prepare to transition to our new series next week entitled Habits. You know, when we think about all the things that we do and how do we get here and, you know, what is our destination and where is it that, you know, how are we going to get there? I remember back when I was in college and <clears throat> I uh, thought that it was a good idea to make some money before I got married. And uh, it was the summer before I, the summer that I was getting married and so a bunch of kids from college, and there was one kid there that came into school the year before with a Mercedes, so I thought, well, you know what? Doing this job is a pretty good deal, and that was selling books. And so we all went, there were about 20 of us, we all went down to uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and we went into this uh, week-long training, how to sell a book. It was incredible. You walk in, you go through some different trainings, and then they had a, they, we were in this motel, one of these older-style motels that had doors on the outside, and so you had to go door to door, knock on the door, and then they would open up the door and you would try to sell them the book. And the people inside would slam the door in your face. The next one would talk to you and encourage you a little bit. The next one would buy something. And it was just repetitive, something different each time. And so we got all done with that. And the final day of the transition, they had this big pep rally. And so there was probably, you know, four or 500 students, college students from all over the country. And they started to announce, all right. LSU, you are going to Hawaii, and the everybody go crazy. And then the next group would say, "Hey, Evangel, all of you, you guys are going to Texas." And then we'd stand up and go, "Yeah," because that's where I went to school. And so we got all done with that, and the next day we got up and we started driving. It was Saturday morning, at six o'clock in the morning, and we took off driving to Texas, down by Houston. We started driving, you know, and this was all on our dime. And so we're driving and driving, and we start getting closer to where we're going. And so we have 20 guys in our group, and there's two people per town. And so we just started getting to one exit. One guy would drive off and get to their town. Next exit, somebody else would pull off. And we were the last one, and we went down to Liberty, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. And it was just an incredible thing when you think about your destination. Never been there before, never knew anybody from there and so it was just one of those things that you have to be able to step out with courage in order to find your destination. And you might have come today and asked, why is everybody singing to Jesus? They seem so excited to be here. You know, the reality is that we have a Savior that is not dead, but that He is alive. Amen? It gives us something to sing about. Hope is alive. And if you don't know Him personally today, whether you're watching online or you're at Crescent or you're here this morning, if you don't know who Jesus is personally, he did not come to give us religion, but he came to give us some, something better called redemption. It's not what you can do for God in order to get to heaven, but what God has done for you through the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for your sins, that he rose again, 
And this is the message, this is the mission of the church, and it has never and will never change. It's an important piece that we need to know. We believe that life, that life change happens when we do life together, that we move together in the same direction, and we impact the community, a nation, and a world in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pastor Ryan started the series by saying that the gospel costs you nothing but demands everything. All of me for all of you. And we are not alone in the fire. In the midst of uncertainty and brokenness, we can, we can know that God is there. That our walk with Christ isn't about position or rank, but rather about moving forward in Christ and having the peace in knowing that Jesus is going to win at the end. In your notes, it says, when you see what God wants you to see, you can do what God wants you to do. When you can see him, and how does that work in our life? Well, we talked about growth track and how important growth track is to, to get you plugged in to understand, and many of you have been a part of growth track. But one of the verses that we use in, in growth track is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, and you can just write this down in your side notes, in your, in your notes. It says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, which is talking about being focused and clear. And many times if you wear glasses, you know that sometimes when the glasses start getting scratched, that it's, it's harder to see, especially when you're up here. I remember sometimes I have a pair of glasses that's kind of scratched, and I wear it, and you get the lights that hit you. And all of a sudden, it becomes harder to see. But we're talking about here enlightenment where it's focused and clear. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Born physically, everything that you learned in life comes from these five senses that God gave us to experience life. Touch, smell, taste, our hearing, our eyes. These are things that, that, that we are able to experience and all of us have had, that have kids or have been able to, to experience that. Is, you know, one of the things about Iowa is that you can experience the cold weather. You can feel it. You can touch it. You can, woo, but today is going to be 62 degrees. It's going to be incredible. Or at least that's what my weatherman said. I don't know about yours. It could be different on your phone. But we have the life experience because of what we can see, what we can hear. And, and when we think about all the things that, that we can have that life experience and how awesome that is to be able to shake somebody's hand and to be able to greet them and, and to get to know them, to be able to, to go in and, and to be able to smell biscuits and gravy. Someone said how that good of an idea that was. I think it's a terrible idea. I don't know whoever came up with biscuits and gravy. I don't like biscuits and gravy, but I'm okay with it because there's at least there's sausage, or at least I think there is. But, you know, you think about all the things that we could have and then being able to, to understand those senses. But when you are spiritually born again, when you are saved, when you develop this relationship with Jesus, God gives you a second sense of senses. He gives you the, the, the spiritual eyes, and he gives you the, the spiritual ears to be able to hear things and see things before that you haven't been able to see in the same way. All of a sudden, we start seeing things differently. 
than we did before. Seeing life in a different way. All of a sudden we feel that something that, that is new and fresh. And so when we think about that, that sentence, that point, that when we see what God wants you to see, you can do what God wants you to do. These are the eyes, the heart, and the spiritual senses that God gives us to be able to discern and to be able to see things in a new and fresh way in our walk with God, to know that our old past is gone, but our new is coming, and that God's given you those things to be able to see how you're supposed to be successful in your walk with God. I have seen personally, just in this past month, tears, tears shed of repentance, hearts opened up, lives restored, Courage in the darkest hour and decisions that have been made clear. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's it's, it's one of those things that we can draw into as we walk with God. To know that God wants us to be able to experience and sense and know his presence in our life. In your notes it has Moses speaking in Deuteronomy 1, 29 through 33. He says, then I said to you, don't be terrified, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you, you will fight, will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. Stand in the wilderness. There you saw how the Lord your God carried you and as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way that you should go. Every one of us gets to spend time in a desert or maybe Nebraska. It's one of those things that we, we need to know that it's not our permanent home, but it is a temporary part of our journey. It's a temporary part of our destiny, of our destination, of where we go. Sometimes we have to go through that desert. And maybe you're in one of those difficult dry spells today. Wilderness times can be tough for several reasons. You can feel depleted. You can feel stressed. You can, have, you can be anxious. You can be lonely. You can be confused. And not to mention the fear of what may happen next. Emotion starts to take over in our lives and sometimes it just hurts. And to top it all off, the devil's doing everything that he can to exploit this vulnerability that's going on in your life while you're in the wilderness. And we need to remember that while the desert is hard, it does have beauty all of its own. If you've ever gone to a place that's, that's a desert type of area, there, there's beauty in it. And we, can, and we need to appreciate the moment that we are in and the destination that we see and the, where God wants us to go. And sometimes we have to step out with courage to be able to get where we need to go. And it may seem like it's hopeless, but God still has a plan. And there are things that, that you see there that you can't see when you're in the green and blossoming areas of your life. And in your notes it says, when we see God correctly, it puts our difficulties into perspective. When we can see God correctly, when we're in tune with God, it allows the things that we see and allows the things that we're going through to be able to be put in that perspective to make sure and understand that it's okay. 
It's okay. I understand, God. I, I, I understand, but, I, but God, I'm going I'm to continue to trust you. I'm going to continue to be faithful with you. Church, if there's ever been a time when our world needs Christians who care about hurting people, Christians who will reach out to the lost and confused world, Christians who will preach the simple Bible message without compromise, today is the day. Today is the day that we need to be able to see God correctly and pray to God and say, God, show me. Show me where you want me to go. And help me to be able to trust in you through my difficulties. The world needs to see people who place others before themselves. We must not retreat. We must not be intimidated by the world culture that gets thrown at us as Christians and thinking that we have to take a backward step rather than to push forward the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our God specializes in slaying giants. David slew Goliath, and Gideon with 300 men defeated over 120,000 armies of the Amidonites. And Jesus carried a cross up a hill that was nailed to the cross so you and I could find redemption and relationship with Jesus Christ. And in what seemed like defeat, he won a victory over all the forces of evil and hell. That should get us excited about the purpose of what we are doing today. We cannot experience a life of victory by prayer alone. Fasting and consecration and good works are not enough. The Christian does not work towards victory, but he works from victory. He does not struggle towards it, but he stands in victory through the cross and the empty tomb of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is our Joshua, and only he can give the victory and give a perfect rest. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, Son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into a land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. You know, when we think about this, and we think about the race that Joshua has been going through for 40 years, 40 years of having this race, 40 years of, of, of waiting upon what God was going to do, a climb that he seemed to be, that could seem to be difficult, but one that he trusted in the Lord. And so can you imagine getting the call up? Moses, your servant of the Lord is dead. It's time for you to take that step. What a, what a you know, I mean, that's, that's a major decision. Being called up, you got a baseball season's getting ready to get started. And you, and you think about a guy's getting called up to play in the pros. Or you get a guy that gets, there, there was a, a waddle from the, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Rams that was retired, done, got called up by the Rams and said, hey, we need for you to play at the end of the season. What, what an explosive experience that there was being called up. And we get this picture that Joshua was a man of war, a man of faith but also a man that God had in, his will, in, in the wilderness for a long period of time before he stepped forward as a leader. You know, it's easy to play second fiddle. And sometimes it's okay to be second fiddle. Sometimes it's relaxing to play second fiddle. And Joshua was playing the second fiddle to Moses. He was becoming comfortable. 
But yet, when God called him to accept the challenge, he moved. Many people want to change, but they don't want to go through the waiting process. And God's preparation is a lot like that. It's it's a waiting game. We are going to wait. The The question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to wait in the right way or the wrong way? We can become patient and enjoy the wait. It takes practice. But when we allow God in the situation, we develop patience and endurance. We should never be in a hurry because we don't know what God is going to do with us. A lot of times we feel as if when we're in the wilderness that we're in no man's land. I don't know about you, but again, you know, when you're out there, I know we have hunters in the place, you know, uh, it's an incredible thing. But when you're walking out there, you feel like sometimes you're in no man's land. But God is doing nothing with us. And this dry and dreary land is going to be surrounded by what God has for us. In your notes, it says that strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things that you thought you couldn't. Strength doesn't come from what you can do. Because sometimes that's easy. You can go into the weight room and you can lift some weights. You can go for a jog. My son today in Austin, Texas is going on a triathlon, marathon, something-thon that's a lot of work (laughs) and a lot of misery, a lot of pain. Strength doesn't come from what you can do. It comes from overcoming the things that you thought that you couldn't do. Can I tell you today, there are things that God wants you to do, and sometimes you have to take a step of faith, that God wants to begin to open up those doors. Today, wherever you're watching from, there may be a moment this week that God's going to be there, and God's going to rescue you, and there's going to be things that you're going to be able to be able to overcome that right now you may not know that you can. That God is preparing that moment for you for a miracle to take place. In Joshua 1, 3 through 5, it says, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates. All the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God had given the Israelites land around, around 300,000 square miles. But the, people still didn't have, but, but the people still had to step forward in faith and obedience in the process for what God had given them. The land was there. They had to cross the Jordan. And God promised them, just like God is promising you, as you step out in courage, as you begin to step towards that destination that God is leading you to, that you got to be able to continue and know that in the process, God is preparing a place for you. God promises not only Joshua, but he's also promising us that he'll be with us. God doesn't always promise to, to be with us, but he promises that he'll never leave us. God is saying, I will not let loose of you. I will not drop you. I will not let you go. When we trust Christ alone for salvation, God grips us. 
I think one of the things that we begin to realize when we think of, of God wrapping his arms around you, the moment that you ask Jesus Christ into your heart, God was wrapping his arms around you. The moment that you sought him, but in a decision that you had to make, God was wrapping his arms around you. The moment that you, that you were seeking him for direction, God was wrapping his arms around you. When we trust Christ alone for salvation, God grips us. He grips our hearts. He grips our heads. And this is what brings victory, walking through this life, knowing God has a hold of us. In your notes, it says, when we move into our next steps, the challenge is to walk in victory rather than to be hesitant. We need to be able to accept the challenge as we begin to take those next steps that God is promising that he's going to be there, that we need to be able to walk in victory, to walk in faith, and not to be hesitant to move. It's one of the greatest things about being a part of 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 growth track training is to be able to see as people define themselves to their gifts and talents the things that god had created them to be before they were ever born that god created them within to be what he has called them to be and to be able to see you and to be able to see others take those steps and to be able to begin to to allow god to use you it's an incredible thing as we as we continue in the gospel presentation through your influence and through your walk in joshua 1 verse 6 and 7 it says be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land i swore to the ancestors to give them be strong and very courageous kind of an emphasis an emphasis that was going on here it says be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law my servant moses gave you do not turn it from the do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go in your notes it says when the finish line seems to be out of sight we need to push ourselves to the obstacle that's in the way there are moments when when you're running up the mountain when you're running that race in life you don't know what the finish line is you don't know how it's going to end you don't understand it completely But when the finish line seems out of sight, we have to push through that obstacle. Maybe it's a tree that's in the way. You know, when you're, when you're, you know, if you're running or you're active and your legs start getting tired, it's, it's hard to get away from the obstacle because it's, it takes effort and you're tired. But God says, remove the obstacle that's in your way. Allow to continue because the finish line is there. You may not see it. You may not understand it in the situation that you're at right now. Maybe your kids are sick. Maybe a situation in your family. You know, maybe there's a struggle you're going through, and you don't see the finish line. You don't understand it. But God says, don't give up. Keep pushing yourselves through the obstacle that's in the way. And all Joshua had to do was commit to whatever and wherever. Yeah, God. Wherever you want me to go, God, whatever you want me to do, I will be faithful. He didn't need to know where the finish line was or all the details of the journey. He didn't need to know what was going to happen at Jericho. He just knew that he was going to cross the Jordan. There, there's, a, there's processes that we go through that we sometimes we want the answer right now. I believe that Joshua... 
in his natural self, even though he was a man of war, was still fearful. He was afraid. And he had responsibilities now. Can you imagine being able to see all the things that he saw Moses do? All the incredible moves of what he had to do. When Moses went up into Mount Sinai and he could only go halfway. And, and, and seeing all the miracles that Moses was a part of. And he's like, now I have to take that responsibility. I have to lead these Israelites. Fear is ingrained in us. It really is right from the fall. The first effect of Adam was that he ran. He ran from God because he was afraid of him. We are all fearful. We're all afraid of things, all different things. Some of us are afraid of responsibility. Some of us are afraid of sickness. Others are afraid of death or fear of financial situations and during tax season, you know, ah, taxes, right? There's fear. How's it going to work out? How much do I have to pay? What do I have to do? Some people are afraid of being alone. Whereas some are afraid of worst case scenarios or difficult situations. There are lots and lots of things that can frighten us because fear is ingrained in us. In some respects, it's not always a negative thing though because fear can heighten our senses. We can get a rush of adrenaline that is needed because of fear. Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and you'll be successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In your notes it says, when we are able to contend with the challenges that seem to be beyond our strength to handle, at that moment we can grow. When we're able to contend with where we're at, where the challenges that we are at, and go beyond our strength, at that moment is when God begins to work in us and we begin to grow. We, like Joshua in verse 9, it talks about being strong and courageous. It's because we've had times in our lives where we feel much like Joshua would have felt overwhelmed by the call of God put upon our lives. We just talked about growth track, and maybe there's some things where you feel overwhelmed by, by following through with that step of faith and following through what God's called you to do. In such times, it's comforting for us to grab a hold of this promise that God is always with us, and therefore we can be strong and we, be, and we can be courageous. One of the greatest stories that we have as a church is when we sit outside, out, sit outside in, in a foyer or where you're watching online and you're, you're with people. You're with people that are able to share their story of what God is doing in their life. And how God is, is, is working in their life. And, they're, and, they're, and you can see that they're strong and they're courageous. In one sense, this promise is very much directed to Joshua alone. The promise that the Lord is with you wherever you go is certainly a reassurance that Yahweh will be with Joshua just like he was with Moses. This specific promise is not ours. It was distinctly for Joshua and the Israelites. But at the same time, this this promise can be indeed ours. 
It is ours because of the accomplishment of the greater Joshua, which is Jesus Christ, who has led us into the true promised land. And because he has done this, he has secured the promise given to Joshua and the Lord that the Lord will be with you and wherever we will go. Joshua 1.16 says, Then they assured Joshua, Whatever you command, commanded us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. In your notes it says, We will never expand our capabilities until, they, until we are pushed to and brought face to face with our breaking point. We will never expand our capabilities until we are pushed. As a coach, you're always trying to find that place of how far can you push an athlete to be able to have them see all of their capabilities. And many of times, it's not until they come to that breaking point, face to face with it, that they begin to realize their potential. And today, God may be taking you to a breaking point. God may be taking you through a situation that seems like it's impossible to cross the Jordan, that seems like it's unavailable for you to go any further. He wants you to, as you get to that place, He wants to rescue you. But there are moments where we have to become face to face. We may never truly experience the power of God until we step out of our comfort zone and work towards the finish line. When you know you only have one mile to go or 30 more push-ups to to do, it's easy. It's easy to do things when you know that you can accomplish it, when you know that you can do it. If I brought up a, and we had a hot dog eating contest, you all know I can can eat 10, right? Or maybe you can eat 12, and you're like, yeah, I'm confident. But when you start throwing in 50 and 60 and 100 or however many that they eat, you begin to think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. You come face to face with a breaking point. True toughness and the warrior spirit is found when we push on and and where the end is nowhere to be found. I believe God wants us to get to that breaking point. To say, God, what is it that I need to do? Don't judge each day by the harvest that you reap, but by the seeds that you plant. We all have a part in this destination. The investment we make, living by example, being a mentor, Working towards the finish line, even though it's nowhere to be found, is critical in our walk with God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 7 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of your way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In your notes, it says, The challenge that is before each of us is to step out of our comfort zone and reach the destination that God has for us. People fail to cross the Jordan because they are content with the status quo. We are content to be where we are at in our walk with God. In our daily lives, we will be faced with new challenges, new issues, new problems. It may, be, it may seem daunting, but when we realize that we are not alone in this, we begin to understand where God has us 
in this moment. See, we should therefore look forward with confidence to the new challenges that lay before us. We should be confident in knowing that God's preparing new planning for us, new advances, new directions, new goals. And it won't be too long before we are rejoicing with new victories. Being able to step out with courage as we get to our destination is incredible. We don't always know where the finish line is, but God wants you to continue to push. He wants you to continue to learn. And he wants you to continue to be a blessing to those around you. As we close today, God has placed a challenge before each of us. When the challenge you're facing brings fear that you may not be able to succeed, but God gives you the encouragement to meet it. When the challenge says your past disqualifies you, remember, do not let the past get in your way. Do not let the past be an obstacle, but rather let it be a foundation for more growth in the kingdom of God. When the challenge says you don't have enough strength to stand, remember, do not let the size of the task get in your way. Instead, be excited that God has so much more for you to accomplish. When the the challenge says it's okay to compromise your faith in God, remember to not be distracted. Keep your focus and realize that God is with us. There is no challenge that cannot be accepted and accomplished. When the challenge seems to hide in the darkness, allow illumination, allow the enlightenment of God's grace to shine through. When the challenge is you can't wait until tomorrow to find your destination, come with a humble attitude. Ask God to open your eyes and cleanse your heart of sin and conflict and commit in advance of what God is saying, and start that relationship with Jesus. Sometimes the challenge is thinking that our plan is God's plan, and that they're the same. There were ten spies, when we read in Deuteronomy, there were ten spies that had their own plan, even though God told them what to do. It takes courage to step into a new place and find the path that leads us where God wants us to be.